Welcome to another amazing episode. I am Frigid Phoenix, one half of DLC Vibes, and alongside me, as always, the Drew Weiser. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So, Drew, what is new with you, and what games have you been enjoying? Or are you looking forward to coming up this, this year or even beyond? Well, currently, with the new Destiny 2 Season of Splicer, that's what I have been kind of sinking my uh, teeth into as of late. Um... With the new additions to, they've added stasis weapons. They've um, currently the one you get from the beginning of the season pass is a, is a um, sidearm that one shot will freeze enemies. With the whole freezing thing is pretty cool, especially in the PvP sandbox of that. Being able to freeze enemies to me is fun, and then you know going to melee them and they explode. Um, still, still up in the air on the PvP aspect of it though. I don't like getting frozen by just random grenades. Right. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, only because the I've seen like multiple people say they they enjoy it, but when it happens to them, they don't enjoy it. So is that kind of where you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, if yeah, obviously if you are a PvP fan, and the way that the Destiny PvP plays, Stasis kind of feels out of place in my opinion um i get what i get what bungie's trying to do but they need there needs to be two different sandboxes stasis and weapons need to act differently in pve but they need to have a separate set of perks and or abilities in pvp because there are certain things that are good for pve like stasis is very good in pve in terms of how it plays but in pvp Mm-hmm. It's it's a little overpowered. It's almost broken because your grenade, okay. for instance, will freeze you instantly. In my Ooh. opinion, PvP, things like supers should only be able to freeze you. Grenades will do damage like other grenades, but they shouldn't freeze you because if you get hit with one of those and frozen, you're basically dead. There's nothing you can do really to get out of it unless you happen to be around a corner or something. Do you find that a lot of um, experiences for yourself with other teams that, like, if you go up against a team that you can tell PvPs a lot or a clan that PvPs a lot, are they pretty accurate with those grenades and freezing people? What, what for me, the little bit that I've played of PvP since Stasis came out, um, at the beginning, everybody was using it. Now, um, they do have skill based matchmaking. So you're playing with people more your skill level. Um, but okay. what I have noticed are the people that really are PvP gods, for lack of a better term. They uh, they really don't use stasis anymore. They're back to their really? normal. Yeah, yeah. stasis for them isn't really the meta in terms. Um, the only, they're using their normal subclasses that they use the roles that they have on their weapons and the way that they gear out to be like a, you know, um, a warlock that uses the arc subclass. They, they've really got that specked out and stasis to them really doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, okay. That's yeah, what I've noticed that. with it's... the people who are very experienced in PVP. Yeah, I can see that. No, the, I, as you know, I, dabbled in a fair share of destiny um too but nowhere near the level of you know yourself rocket bear sps many of our friends that 
we play alongside, so um, I don't have the experience that many of you do. But I know that there's an exciting event coming up in a few days from this recording, and that's uh, Vault of Glass. Where do you think Stasis is going to fall, and how's that going to affect Vault? That'll be interesting. Um, Bungie has come out, and they've said that the core feeling of Vault of Glass has remained the same, but there are mechanic changes. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, because obviously stasis was never a thought when Vault of Glass was introduced, obviously the very first raid of destiny one, um, mm -hmm. personally still to this day, it's my favorite, uh, Vault of Glass so. was my favorite and I, and in destiny two, I still really like the Leviathan. Um, okay. I haven't done the newest raid finished it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vault of Glass is my favorite, and I'm curious to see what they do with it. I honestly don't have any guesses. I'm guessing the they're going to input some of these new enemies, and um, you know, I don't even know. I don't even want to speculate. I'm kind of in the. I'm excited for it to come out, and instead of speculating and being disappointed, I'm just going in with like, what what can they do? You know, fresh mind. Right. On it. Um. So that sometimes cool. I mean. I mean, this, this day and age, as we all know with games, sometimes it's best to have that, you know, mentality because you start speculating or putting your dreams as your core focus and then, you know, things don't come out the way that you want them to. And Welcome it kind of like Cyberpunk. drives people away from or, drive, you know, may stop you from enjoying something that yeah, you exactly. initially had like full feelings to enjoy. And then all of a sudden, it's, yep. it's not what you expected. So, That's why and I was going to say, I, I, going back to the whole PvP, I can see where people would revert back to not necessarily comfort zone, but what works for them. Because, I mean, as you know, I play a fair share of Call of Duty. And I find myself going, even though there's the meta guns and meta builds and all that for Call of Duty, even those metas, I... I don't know. I don't enjoy them as much as going back to my M4 build or my sniper build and just dealing with those that are playing with the meta only. So yeah. I can see where people revert back. I'm not one to follow metas uh, either. Usually mm -hmm. me and Destiny, the only time I'm running stasis and PvP is if I have to have a bounty for it or something. Okay. Most of the time I'm running mm -hmm. my, my solar subclass with Golden Gun. Okay. Yeah, Golden Gun was always one of my favorites. Right. My other favorite was the, the sword. Um, I forget the name of it. Oh, that's on Warlock. But Is it Dawnblade, I think? Yeah, the uh, yeah the Dawnblade. I hate getting killed by it, but <laughs> it's uh, it's something I enjoy causing havoc with when I have done PvP. I'm yeah. kind of with you, though. I'm, I'm more of a fan. When I do play Destiny, I'm more of a fan of the PvE. I'd almost rather do you know, 50 bounties for Varix or for anybody. Yeah. Then they're... go play 10 matches of PVP. And it, part of it is I just haven't spent the time to learn the lanes of, you know, the control maps or, you know, even Gambit. Um, Gambit I enjoy because it does mix in a little bit of the PVE, but I am not, I'm the last one you want going through the portal to face another team so 
if you ever catch me on Gambit, I promise you I am on the PvE side the entire time. You will never see me take the portal. I, yeah. I'm just trash. I I had to start doing the portal to get some of the Gambit weapons back when I was mm-hmm. um, grinding those. Um, I think back to the playtime, I think I've put in 40 days worth of in-game hours to Destiny 2, and that's only on Xbox. But and I, you know, I built up my PC character prior to the whole cross save, so I've I could look mm-hmm. up on Steam what it was, but I know on Xbox alone I've put in forty days of gameplay, um, so I've revert back to what I'm used oh. to. Like I'm still old school. I still run with Suros regime. Um, a lot of these old school D1 weapons that are in D2, especially the exotics, I'm rolling with. Suros is my go-to when I get into Crucible very 100 percent a good pvp auto rifle um so i roll with that a lot still waiting on the um suros catalyst to drop from uh crucible bungie if you're listening Mm -hmm. i need that um (laughs) i've been trying forever i mean i grinded out recluse in the crucible and still didn't get the uh catalyst for it it's kind of like my buddy who was who i think 60 something plus runs on the new raid and still has not gotten the rocket launcher. Wow. <laughs> Big sad for him. Yeah. That <laughs> gave me, honestly, it gave me a bit of anxiety because I'm a, for those that don't know this, I'm a former World of Warcraft fanatic. And just thinking of how many, how much time your friend has spent, I know how much time I spent at one point on. World of Warcraft, just same dungeon over and over and over again for a piece to never drop or to drop and somebody else in the party got it. And it's like, it's the most aggravating thing, but you know, we keep, we keep going back to it. Um, yeah, I know that I come and go on destiny. Um, but anything like any other games that I know that that destiny two has been kind of your focus with the release of the season of the splicer. Um, if I said that right, I hope that's yeah. The right season name. of the splicer, yes. Okay. Um, do you have any other games that are coming up? I know it's been your main focus, and I know that you play a good bit of Sea of Thieves as well. Yeah, Sea of Thieves. Um, um obviously, with the new season that they introduced, um, that's pretty cool. You need to get finished right. that season past still. As far as new content, they've added a couple of new missions and quality of life updates. Um, okay. I really want to get back into Fallout 76 and its new season. Um, I think it's Locked okay. and Loaded is what they call it. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, Locked and Loaded, mm-hmm. I think it's what it's called. They're gonna they're mm-hmm. adding a bunch more stuff with that. I need to check it out. Um, but with the Vault yeah, of Glass say, coming been... out, my biggest thing was Destiny. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say with Fallout, I mean... You you know the man, the myth, the legend, Gemini. I've been watching him play a lot with his community. He plays, he's almost, I would say, a strictly only Fallout 76 content creator on Twitch, but um, he does play some other games. However, he seems to be enjoying it, and so does uh, his his community. So I've enjoyed hearing from the community that the new season of Fallout they're enjoying. Fallout, of course, has its bugs, um, but it's what we love about the game. So I do want to 
I was going to actually ask you off air, but I guess I can ask you on air. We need to schedule a time to get back into Fallout because I know that when you and I jump back into it, it's like, you know, four or five, six days in a row, solid time spent on it, just having a blast running around the wasteland. So, Oh, for sure. Um, well, that's, that's definitely one thing with Fallout is, and to me, Fallout 76 is somewhat of a redemption story because when it was released, it was hit hard. Mm-hmm. Nobody liked it. I mean, me included. Like, I played it because I love the Fallout uh, series. But when mm-hmm. Fallout 76 came out, if you tried it then and you haven't tried it recently, it's a totally different game, in my opinion. I agree. No, I agree completely. Um, they, while it still has its bugs, and we, I mean, let's be honest, in 2021, what game doesn't have bugs? Um, everybody has dealt with them from, you know, Cyberpunk being probably one of the most noted games for having bugs to Fallout 76, but it's, I will say Fallout 76, while it had great game-breaking issues at launch... Um, it doesn't have anything that's really game-breaking, and they've done a really good job at updating no. the game and bringing out content to keep the community entertained. So, yep. Another thing that um, they have I know done, that, too, is mm-hmm. added FPS boost for it. So if you have a Series X or S, you do have an FPS boost in the game. Um, it's not next-gen compatible yet, but it does take advantage of some of the hardware to give you higher FPS. Well, dang, I'm going to definitely have to check it out. I was actually looking at possibly playing it more on PC um, on this next go-round, but I do want to continue my Series X character because I actually restarted it when I got my Series X pretty much, and I put in a solid amount of time. With One wish. I hope they do mm-hmm. now that Bethesda's under Microsoft's umbrella is that they put in cross save. Yes. I I'm not I, agree. I don't care about cross play. Just let me sync my two characters and allow your Fallout right. First membership to work on both, not at the same time, uh, that, but if you're on mm-hmm. PC and you're playing with a game that is cross saved or synced your Fallout membership follows, but you can't do it while you're... If you're playing on PC, you can't turn on your Xbox and do the same thing. One right. you know, one instance at a time running, but allow you to cross-save. Mm-hmm. That would be huge. Yes. Because personally, where I have my setup, it's in the basement. That's where my Xbox is. I would okay. play a lot more Fallout 76 if I could sync my Xbox to my PC, my laptop that I game on, because... Okay. It will follow me. Destiny 2 follows me. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to sit, lay in bed and play Destiny 2, I can do it from my PC. And all my right. progress is there. I'm hoping with right. Bethesda and Microsoft now working together that it happens, especially on a, on a living game like Fallout 76. I feel like that game's worth more to them to put time and effort into it to make that work mm-hmm. than... Fallout 4, which has a huge mod community on PC. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think more games need to have that functionality. Uh, I know there's a lot of people, I'm 
I'm included in this that have spent money on buying two copies to be able to play with their community members, whether a portion of them are on PC or a portion are on console. And it is, it's aggravating at times to spend, you know, imagine if you had spent the thousand hours on your Destiny 2 character and they didn't have that. So then, you know, I'm playing on PC, you come to play with me and you've got to regrind a thousand hours of equipment. You're not going to want to do it. I mean, some people do and, you know, all the best to them and all the power to them because I don't know how. Um, they don't have kids. I, I don't know. Yeah, true. They don't, you know, <laughs> not going to say they don't have responsibilities because I know as a dog owner, it's nowhere near children. I'm not comparing it. So please, nobody in the community roasts me for saying this, but having the responsibility of just a dog, I don't know how some parents are able to have kid, a child or kids multiple and still maintain a gaming lifestyle. Um, Especially an uh, MMO grind game lifestyle. Right. Yeah, if you're playing a platformer or even a story game, like, you know, Resident Evil that I most recently played, it's something you can pick up and put down, pick up and put down where it's a linear-based objective instead of, you know, this grind where some some of the stuff, I I don't know if I've ever faced it in Destiny 2, but some of the stuff I in other grindy MMO games are limited time or are based on doing dailies. And if you don't do dailies every day, you're not going to get... Um, the upgrades. I mean, even MLB The Show, they have dailies that come and go. So if you want certain players or certain cards, you have to be on for that time. So, but with that said, um, some of the things that I've been working on or playing recently is, as I just mentioned, Resident Evil Village. I actually beat that? it in... Oh, I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I'm actually going to be playing it again off off my uh, live stream on Twitch because I did, I loved it enough. And Drew, you know me. I don't complete a lot of games. And if I do complete a game, it's generally over months. It's not in two streams. That's how much I enjoyed Resident Evil Village. I started it this past Friday. Uh, I think that was the 14th or 15th. And I beat it on Saturday night. Um, it was about, and I'm the type of person that checks as many corners and places and tries to open up as much as I can and get access to as much stuff as possible as I go through the game. Um, it's about a 13, 14 hour experience. It was for me, it was, I think 13, I think steam registered it at like 13.67 hours. I'm not like splitting hairs or trying to figure out exact time, but it was about a, you know, 13, 14 hour experience for me. Hands down, probably my favorite Resident Evil from a story. And it, I will say if you have, if you're listening to this and you have not played seven or biohazard, you have, you, you can play village. They do have a video at the beginning that will fill in some of the timeline and whatnot, but it does follow the events of seven. Um, so I do highly suggest, and if you're going to play it on steam, it's a heck of a deal. Actually it's $80 for the game, but you get biohazard with it. 
So essentially, oh, nice. you're paying $40 for two games. And I will say, you know, we mentioned Game Pass a lot as we're both Xbox users. And I, I don't know if I want to lump Drew into this, but I am an Xbox fanboy, um, a converted PlayStation fanboy to Xbox fanboy. Same. Um, so I started out on PlayStation years and years ago. That'll be for another, another podcast where we, do, you know, do a deep dive into our gaming history. Um, however, I, ever since, you know, Game Pass has come out, I've been a big fan of it. And Seven is available. Biohazard is a Game Pass game. So if you wanted to play Seven, it has a very similar feel, or it has the same play style. It's a first person Resident Evil, which is a change for the series. They made that change with Biohazard. Um, it does not, I think it actually enhances the, the gameplay and the feel of the game. It makes you feel more immersed than if you're just over the shoulder of Chris, Chris Redfield, like the, the, the old days. So I do suggest playing Biohazard. If you liked Biohazard or you like Biohazard and you're playing it right now, you're going to love Village. Um, it's more of, it's more suspense based than horror based. Um, I will say that. And it is a little bit of um, a mind. It, it messes with the mind. Um, so the psychological thriller. So it is thriller. spooky. It is spooky. Uh, I definitely, <laughs> you can go to my, my Twitch page. Uh, my community likes to troll me. A uh, couple members specifically. Drew knows who they are. And uh, I definitely had a fair share of jump scares from the game itself, but then they were also playing creepy sounds while I was playing the game, so my heart rate was definitely up. And there's definitely moments in the game, without spoiling anything, where if you've ever experienced this in life, um, where you're walking down a street or you're just walking around, or even I've, I've felt it in my own house, um, even though I know no one's there, you feel like somebody's behind you or you feel like something is behind you. You get that feeling a lot. I was doing a lot of quick turnarounds checking behind me in in Village. Um, it is, it's set, like I said, the setting is after Biohazard. It follows the events of that. And I will say without spoiling anything, they have definitely left room for expanding the series further. And I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, I hope they don't end it with what they did because it was a pretty, it was an amazing ending, I will say, without, like I said, try not to spoil things. It's kind of my thing. Um, we actually, Drew and I were discussing it before recording this and I was like, yeah, you know, just me personally in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Another game that I have played, if, you know, sorry to steal so much time, but uh, is was Shadow of Tomb Raider. I finally completed that as well. So I have beaten like, that's like fifth or sixth game total between them both that I've beaten this year, which is unprecedented for Frigid Phoenix. Um, you'll if you come over to the page over the Twitch page, you will come to find out that I start games and I don't always finish them. Um, but Shadow of the Tomb Raider, another fantastic game. A little bit older of a game. I think it was released in 2018. Um, so, but it's, it was an amazing experience as well. It definitely 
um, told a great story of Lara Croft. And if you're a fan of Tomb Raider, I would suggest playing the entire series from the 2013 Tomb Raider through Rise of the Tomb Raider to Shadow of Tomb Raider. Um, another Now, Shadow has a little bit of a darker story to it, um, but once again, fantastic time. So, but with that said, uh, I think you had some news to share about Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, GTA uh, 5. GTA 5's Series X, S, and PS5 um, update is coming in November. So any of you GTA 5 members or members, players out there, who own a next-gen console, PS5 or Series X, you will have update coming to GTA 5 and GTA 5 Online for your consoles. November 11th is the release date. And if you haven't ever played GTA 5 and you are a Game Pass member, it is on console. Xbox Game Pass for console. So as Phoenix said a little bit ago, with being an Xbox fanboy, if you are an Xbox, and I dare even say if you only play on PC, if you don't have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you need to get it. It For the price, Absolutely. it is such an incredible value. I mean, just on, just on PC alone, you have 60-plus games that you're going to get for the $15. Games like Crisis, um, Dead Space... Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of going down the list. Doom is on here. Uh, you know, any there's some EA games on here. FIFA, if you're a soccer fan. Fallout 76 is on Game Pass for PC. So we were mentioning that update. It's on PC. Um, Gears of War. So, I mean, mm-hmm. all the Halos are on there. And these are all for PC only, you know. So if you are a PC gamer... Um, you have access to all of this. So, yeah, I think I had can't... seen at one point. Sorry to interrupt, but I oh, think I had seen at one point that uh, Game Pass in total PC, the Ultimate Game Pass, it had something like six hundred and twelve titles. Now, some of those might be duplicates and whatnot, um, but still. Pretty impressive that there's that many titles available on the Game Pass. Oh yeah, Go ahead. and and so and it's not all new titles. You know, some of these are older titles, 360 titles. But for instance, MLP the Show is on Game Pass. So not only are Microsoft getting their titles. And just third-party developers, they've even got Sony on board to adding games to Game Pass. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. with Phil Spencer at the helm, the sky's the limit. I mean, he is... He's running the show, and he's running it the way that I think it needs to be run. We, we need to get past this PC, mm-hmm. Xbox, PS5 conversation. There's no generation. There's no console war. People play the way they want to play. It's like driving a Ford over a Chevy. Mm-hmm. The crossplay that's actually needs a joke be, in my community. <laughs> crossplay needs to be the norm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know there's the the exclusive battle and this that, and the other. No, that doesn't matter. 
any game should be able to be played anywhere no matter who makes it doesn't need to be on a service like yeah. game pass but it, it needs to be available and i say that both ways i'm an xbox fan boy i'm not just saying sony needs to make game make their games available on xbox or pc microsoft needs to do the same thing mm-hmm. especially and i know that nowadays. there's a lot of sony fans i know there's a lot of sony fans out there that are nervous about bethesda being under the umbrella and will they lose out on access in general to either support for the games that they're still playing and love like fallout 76 or skyrim um or and and or are they going to even get the game you know if they release a fallout 77 or however they want to do it the next fallout or the next elder scrolls like are they gonna is xbox gonna exclusive to their you know pc and consoles only or are they going to give access to playstation and all of this like brings up memories of us i'm sure you had the experience as a kid um where like your friend had sega and you had nintendo or vice versa and it's like oh if they only made a console where all the cartridges would fit like a one all-in-one system well now it's possible i mean everything's gone digital i mean even with covid19 um unfortunately for those more brick and mortar stores like gamestop i know a lot of them were affected um negatively because people weren't going out to shop the stores and all that they were a lot of people have converted to digital games and i used to be the person that wanted to have every case on my bookshelf and then once I became a content creator and I realized I could get access to games at midnight and didn't have to wait till 10 a.m. for GameStop to be open, I started pre-ordering digitally instead of you know, waiting to go to the store. So, And I know that you had mentioned you wanted to bring up the Game Pass games that are coming soon. I know that there's some big titles. Yeah, um... For those that are out there, there's some going out there like Plants vs. Zombies. If you like that, that's coming. Mech Warrior, that'll be on Game Pass. Another one that I know that some people are super excited about is Conan. That's being added to Game Pass. Those are just to mention a few. Yeah. Um, um, and some I of know, these are coming know, to Cloud as well. Not just Game Pass, but Game Pass plus Cloud. So you can play it using mm-hmm. the Xbox Project X which I feel works very well. If you have a stable internet connection on a newer device, it works well. Plus, you could take your Xbox controller and sync it to any Apple or Android phone via Bluetooth. Right. I was going to say, I, I'll i be honest, I Eater was one of the games that was like Resident Evil Village. It sucked me in, and I beat it in, I think, two and a half streams. Uh, actually, 100% of it. I went and found everything. Um, that was back on the, the, as we joke now, the kitchen appliance, but that was back on the <laughs> mixer days. Um, but I noticed that Maneater is going to be cloud console PC. So your boy Phoenix is going to be, I'll be checking. That'll probably be the first game I try out because I'm actually getting ready to pick up the new iPhone. So, um, 
I'm interested to try that out and see yeah, how Manito works. Only caveat: if you have iPhone, um, you mm. have to. The, there's a process. You have to go to through Safari and save it as a shortcut on your home screen. So you're technically going right. to the web browser. But it saves it as an icon right. that says Xbox. Here, I've got it on mine. It says Xbox Cloud Gaming. And when you click it, it takes you to the website where you sign in. And then you can play them okay. from there. Because Apple yeah. and its infinite wisdom about how it locks down the App Store on these apps that want you to do that because you know the apple's um reasoning behind it is is it violates their app store policies because they can't individually review each game that's on that service got it that's their saying to me it's because they're not making money off of each game that's in there then they're not making money off of the xbox game pass because you don't subscribe to Xbox Game Pass via Apple's App Store, so there's no way for Apple to take a cut of that profit, right? Don't get me wrong, right. I like Apple products, but everything's about the dollar. So, Absolutely. I mean, Same thing with Samsung. That... I mean, even when you when you sub on Twitch, if you want to subscribe to a particular content creator, it's six dollars on the Apple Store or the Samsung Google well, that's, Store. Well, that's 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 um, yeah, that's Android. Or Google is imposing mm -hmm. that do extra dollar, and that's why it is. If you do it from your mobile phone on the browser, it's only four ninety nine. Right. That's how, like, when I've subbed to people and I've been on trips or whatnot, or out and about doing errands, I always it's a little bit of a pain having to log in through Safari, but I don't sub through the app for that reason. Yep. So that's. That's that's unfortunate, the world we live in. I mean, Google and Apple have spent all the money in R&D on developing the software. This is a way for mm -hmm. them to uh, ROI. So, right. I, I get it. Whether, whether we like it or not, from a business standpoint, I understand why they're doing it. Um, but mm -hmm. regardless of that, once you get past that and you actually use the service, it works really well i played some destiny 2 from my phone granted you got to get used to the small screen but there are controllers out there you can get the razor of kishi or kisha or i forget what it's pronounced um mm -hmm. they've got a controller that will do it um there's also gaming phones out there like the asus rog phone that is a purpose built that has a 144 hertz refresh display on it I mean, the you know these mobile gaming phones are now becoming mini. Uh, you know, it's like a Nintendo Switch and a seven-inch screen that can make phone calls and send oh, wow. text messages too. I mean, these ROG phones are powerhouses. It <clears throat> the ROG phone, I believe the new one. Not only does it have vapor chamber cooling system on it, it comes with a fan attachment that you connect to it that keeps the phone cool when you're gaming along with capacitive trigger buttons built into it that are touch sensitive it's hmm. it's crazy what these gaming phones are doing now because mobile gaming has become such a hit right yeah i mean talking going back to what we talked about earlier mobile gaming is definitely i mean a, a parent's dream or a, a you know 
even a person that's traveling for business or traveling for work or traveling for our military, I mean, being able to pack away a controller that's, you know, relatively small or just slightly bigger than your phone um, and your phone versus, you know, how many pack up their Series Xs in their suitcases and take them on trips. But it gives you the ability if you're in a hotel room or whatever with decent internet connection to still play games alongside your friends or just in general. One thing that I always intrigued me about the Switch is, you know, the, how you can dock it and play at home with a pro controller, or you can undock it from its station, carry it with you, and that's take exactly, your game with you wherever you go. That's exactly one I was getting ready to say. The um, the Nintendo Switch. Nintendo has this uncanny ability for making something that seems, in the world of PC, PS5, Xbox, frames per second is what everybody wants, right? Oh, we want all the frames. Frames win games, right? Nintendo has this uncanny ability to take a handheld device with a 720p display when you're not docked and sell tens of millions of units. They can't keep up with the production, and the Switch has been out twice as long. You know, how many years now, right? And they can't keep up now. I know the pandemic probably helped with a lot of people who had kids at home and needed to keep their kids quiet or were working from home and needed something to pass their time. But games like mm-hmm. Animal Crossing and Mario and all these games that they're releasing, they don't have to do anything major to it, and they'll sell everything that they can. Nintendo has hit a sweet spot, and Nintendo is very good at keeping that sweet spot. They're not out. Mm-hmm. The, Nintendo doesn't make the Switch to beat Microsoft and Sony. They're in a totally mm-hmm. different no. market that they're the only ones in that market. The only exactly the only competition they have in the market that they're in are mobile phones. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's those I mean in my opinion that's the only competition. The only way they're going now with maybe this cloud gaming with Project X they might have a little bit of a worry but still Nintendo mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch and its ecosystem is there. It's never going anywhere. I mean Nintendo can literally trip over a Mario game and sell 10 million copies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, they could just it's, say, hey, here's Mario. You you play as Luigi, but we're calling it Mario, and people would buy it up in mm-hmm. groves. Obviously, I'm being facetious here, but Nintendo, they can do that. That's Nintendo. But when Microsoft says something wrong, you know, or Sony, they get chastised for mm-hmm. it. But Nintendo can go out and do what they want however they want, and everybody's just like, oh, that's Nintendo. And I'm not saying anything I mean, bad about can... Nintendo because I own a Switch and I love it. Mm-hmm. It it it's perfect, and I own one of the first gen Switches, you know. And with all the rumors of a Switch Pro and when that's going to be released and what it, you know, what what they're saying it can do, I mean, it's a powerful little machine. I mean, I've never seen a game like Breath of the Wild look that good on the hardware it's running. I mean, it's running what an um, Nvidia chip in it. Like a like an all in one SOC, mm-hmm. and it's a powerhouse. I know man. that. Yeah, I have the Switch Lite, and I happened to win it in a giveaway, which was I was super fortunate. I I entered it randomly, 
um, through a couple friends in the streaming world just to help them out to get it out for them and you know doing the the twitter retweets and posts and likes and follows and all that but they put on all the different websites player.gg vast you you name it there's a there's a choice out there but anyways enough with the sidebar uh i won a switch light the only thing the hundred dollar difference with the switch light is honestly because they took out the video output chip. So you can't stream live from it. There are ways to set up your phone to capture it and then, you know, share your phone screen with your stream. And it actually works pretty well. I've never done it. I've seen it done. And it's it's awesome. Um, but I don't... I, I can tell you with just owning the Switch Lite, I will be buying a regular Switch. Um, and as you were saying with, I mean, even Zelda, um, is another one that they can trip over and sell multiple copies. But what amazes me with it too, is you rarely see their A1 titles get a discount. They still are selling like Super Mario Odyssey. I think it was that I bought for 60 and it's been out for a couple of years. I think it was almost Galaxy oh. was almost a release launch release. Yeah. So it's a it's amazing what Nintendo does and I do respect them for not like never coming out and saying, "Oh, we want to compete." They they literally come out with something to not compete just to be different. Look at the Nintendo Wii oh. and the Wii U how different those mm -hmm. two consoles were than anything of that generation. And they came out with two in that generation. Nintendo Wii and the Wii U came out with, during the 360 PS3, or, yeah, mm -hmm. this 360 PS3 one, because you don't see it now. The Xbox 360 and the PS3 ran for, like, 10 years, I believe it was, mm -hmm. before the next gen came from that. And then you got Xbox One and PS4 that came out what, 2013 or 14, maybe 2012? And everybody was like, and during that, the during the PS3 and Xbox 360 run, they may have done hardware revisions, but nothing was really more feature-packed or system-packed. They, they changed the look mm -hmm. of the console. They took the hard, like the Xbox, for instance, made all of its storage internal rather than external with the hard drive that snapped in on the side. But when you're looking at the Xbox One and PS4 era, every console that came out wasn't just a special edition or a slim version or something like that. It was the Xbox One S. Okay, well, it's an all digital version that has more processing power. Same with the Siri, the One X. You know, they were mm -hmm. they were mid-generation jumps. Think of it from going like FIFA 20 to FIFA 21. You're not going to notice much of the mm -hmm. difference really between those two games, but you go from FIFA 20 to 22, that's when you're going to notice the difference, right? I'm just using that as an right. example. But it's amazing that Nintendo has had this Switch and hasn't really done much to it since it's released. I think there is actually technically two models out there. There's the OG and then there's a second model that has a the same chip built on a different manufacturing process that uses less battery. That's the only difference. And, hmm. and recently rumored, and it 
appears to possibly be true. Um, there may be a Switch 2 or a Switch Pro coming out this year or next year. And it will feature a, a possible possible 4K gaming when docked, um, which will be a big change for them. Imagine, so imagine Breath of the Wild in 4K. Yeah. Believe me, I, I have a nice... <laughs> size tv downstairs that i would move my i would get the pro and or the two whichever name they decide to go with if they do release it and the docking station would move up and down the stairs or i would be buying a second docking station to take it downstairs when i'm not creating content and sit on my couch in 4k yeah. and see breath of the wild i actually have never played breath of the wild um even though it's kind of in that genre that i would in, i do enjoy I just never have gotten around to it. I think I am just going to buy it for the Switch Lite because I am going to try to see if I can wait out until um, if there is going to be a Pro. But rumored on it, they are going to possibly make it a a 7-inch OLED screen from Samsung is what is rumored to be possibly being put in it. And... Right now, the existing Switch and Switch Lite have 720p screens on them, and the this new OLED would be 1080p until it was docked, and then it would throw it to 4K when it's docked in its station. So Nintendo's always innovating on their side, and like you said, you know, before we get too far down the rabbit hole of Nintendo, um, they they innovate in their own way. And they do a very good job at it. And you and I being longtime gamers, you know, you pick up a modern day Super Mario. I don't know about you, but it still gives me that nostalgia feel, even though it they're just, 3D and mm -hmm. like, it just feels right. Yeah. So um, with that said, I mean, one of the games that I'm super excited about, I think it's coming out. And. Uh. Actually, it's coming out next week, a week from today, uh, May 25th, will be the release of Biomutant. Um, if anybody hasn't checked out Biomutant, it is available on Steam. I believe it is also coming to all consoles. Um, but it's going to be a, a single-player, open-world, post-apocalyptic RPG where your character um, is a kung fu artist. Um, and it's going to have a heavy mix of melee, um, shooting, and... Uh, abilities so you're going to be combining pretty much all forces from every game that we enjoy that may be singular focused on it to all into one it's supposed to be a massive game um i'm super excited about it i i would suggest just checking out some youtube videos um but if you do pre-order right now on steam they are offering that you get the dlc for the mercenary class with it when you install it so it's going to be third person based and there's going to be crafting um different gear so much like those games like destiny outriders um cyberpunk skyrim you you name it um i could list them for the rest of this episode uh you're going to be able to craft gear up change your gear and all that so i'm super excited about that and I know that you had um, 
what did you you had mentioned another game earlier when we were talking um was coming i mean halo as i know that's like your main yeah halo main game that you... on, um really besides games that are out um halo's the one that i'm really looking forward to the most in terms of new game yeah. a lot of other games that are coming out later this year in terms of new releases and i'm gonna air quotes that um are just next gen updates cyberpunk is slated mm -hmm. for one um but really i'm hyped for halo i you know i'm trying to temper my expectations i don't want to be let down but please 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 make this halo feel like old school halo you know just give me that yeah high quality pvp feel um mm -hmm. i know that that's what the community is calling for um i know a few of my friends that have been heavily uh playing the the old master chief collection every time that they're playing it and get asked on their live stream you know how excited are you for infinite you know it's kind of a joking thing like well we're playing master chief so i mean you, you can tell um with the you know you can tell that we're excited for it but we do want it to we're hoping that it's not too new age basically one person said it best they don't want to see halo accidentally end up in the advanced warfare issues of call of duty where they had the two or three years of call of duty games where people were tired of people running on walls and had like superhuman abilities basically so hopefully halo doesn't go that route hopefully i hope you know, not and i hope they stay out of the br don't make a battle mm -hmm. royale please i think that i think that might be unfortunately inevitable but i just hope it's not a sole focus type thing yeah yeah i hope not i mean they made uh they made multiplayer free so that's a good start but um don't make a br please 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 343 whatever you do do not sour that game with a br especially if you're not going to use anti-cheat mm -hmm. yeah no oh speaking of anti-cheat i know that uh battlefield as well that was another game i meant to mention we'll stay on it for just a couple seconds um battlefield sixes rumored um and i hope that they it's one of the things that i talked about with a couple people that i know are big battlefield players that's you know for halo and it please and you know if call of duty has another game in the works please work on the anti-cheat i know recently call of duty has banned a lot of accounts but i think it's getting to the point now and this is just personal opinion and you know roast me at your will community but i think that they need to go further than just banning accounts because a lot of these kids that are kids players however not not all kids are the only hackers in the world i mean there's adults that do it too so i shouldn't say kids but hackers in general are just going to create another account 
that's that's all they do um and it's it's kind of an exercise in futility to sit there and ban accounts but anyways yes um i mean they definitely need anti-cheat in halo battlefield if a new call of duty it needs to be the focus i mean if you give us all a similar game to what we're used to playing but you add anti-cheat where it actually physically blocks people from being able to hack or cheat we would all i think sing the praises um, oh yeah so but with that said uh, i know that i've mentioned content creation a few times i know that you've been creating some amazing content on youtube and uh I know that there was some news that broke today shortly before this recording that Aver Media's come out with a new product, a couple new products um, that have piqued my interest. I'm a GoXLR user, so one of them really, really piqued my interest, and that's the new Aver Media live streamer Nexus. I know that you know, you know more about it than even I do, um, so I'll give, I want to give you the floor to Talk yeah, about that so, a little bit. So coming me as a user, I only use USB microphones. I've looked at the Go XLR, but obviously the Go XLR is pricey just for the Go XLR. So Aver Media is who I use for my capture cards personally. I for my capture card to capture my Xbox, I use the Aver Media Live Gamer Ultra. And I love it. Works great no problems with it so what they announced today was is the live streamer nexus it's um it's a set top box that acts as a go xlr you know it connects an xlr microphone you line output speakers headset what have you um and it connects to your pc like a go xlr does via usb couple of standout features to it it will do dual independent audio mixes, so you can keep your audio audio levels separate from your audio uh, from your audience. You can listen to something different than what you're sending to your stream directly from this desktop device. Pretty cool. Um, not only can you do that, it also has a touchscreen on it that you can put things like. Twitch viewer count, your Twitch chat, um, a host of widgets. Um, along with that, you, they have software that you can put hotkeys and, you know, things like that. And they have widgets built into it. Um, just, just, to, just to name a couple of things on the roadmap for that. This summer, they've already said they are going to integrate their cam and voice engines from their other process their other products um like their aver media cameras which their webcams are good they're at, you know this summer they're adding multi-actions and twitch command and xsplit um so this is like a go xlr and a stream deck together is what this is and what they want it to be is what i'm catching here not only did they release the device that does this, they've also added them. They've also released a microphone too, that you can buy with it. And one cool thing about this is it's actually very affordable. At three hundred fifty dollars is what they're listing the base unit at. 
If you already have a Go XLR and you're looking for something that will do a little more functionality, this is it. You already have the microphone that'll work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, as I said earlier, I have an XLR and this is piquing my interest. Um, I love that it has six ports that you can literally it has a volume knob for each thing. So, I mean, when you think about six, you can have your music that you run through your game sound, your mic, um, your gilded communication. You can control like for me, I have all I have on my go XLR is my music, my system, which the system includes everything else. So that's alerts for my stream. That's, um, game sound that's uh shout out sound like any sounds bot sounds all that all that has to go through one this will give me the ability to use like i could put the mix it up bot on its own i could put voice chat on it so i have my mic voice chat music system well as a content creator i mean i'm looking at the screenshot of the screen from avermedia and the six ports are marked as mic, line in, console, system, game, and chat. So your system could be your alerts, your console, obviously your, you know, your Xbox, PlayStation, or your Switch. Your line in, if you have like a two PC setup, that's going to be your line in from one of your PCs. Um, and then your chat mic, so or your chat sound. So that's the people talking with you if you're playing a multiplayer game or just having a conversation like we are today. You know, you can control that volume. You got your game sound, so you can even split off, you know, your game from your PC. And then um, you have your mic setting as well. So it looks super awesome. And yes, at 350 I could tell you I paid 450 for my um, Go XLR. I got it at a very good price. 450 was a good price at a time. I mean, when COVID struck, they went up to as high as 1600 so, I mean, when you think about it, 350 for a piece of equipment that does all of this is just an amazing price point. And right. then the mic that they released with it, I mean, that's $100. So you're going to pay 450 You're going to get two pieces that I paid. I don't want to say what I paid, actually. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, like, right. One other double. thing that this does... So, is it does have an optical input. So if you're running an older console that still has optical out, you can run your console directly into this. And it'll be one of those hardware buttons, those hardware knobs, right, <clears throat> that you can use. I mean, I'm looking at it right. now. You can take line in from the head port, the headphone jack of a Nintendo Switch. You can take that and run that audio directly through this device so you don't even have to run your audio through your pc talk about doing that with right. zero delay that that will be no delay with that like you do like some capture cards introduce delay from video to audio mm -hmm. that you hear um i noticed with my live gamer ultra i don't have that delay um but with my elgato i did um yeah. so this right here is like <clears throat> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to uh, dub it the Go XLR killer because it's brand new, right? But if it does what it says it can do, 
and it does it well, the GoXLR needs to innovate something or this is going yeah. to um, really, really take it over because it, it's an XLR mic interface, right? So you don't have to buy the Avermedia mic. But as you said earlier, it might have been offline. The microphone that they're selling for 100 bucks rivals the Shure SMB7, you said, was it? Mm-hmm. The SM7B. The Only because, I mean, it's a dynamic microphone. It's a dynamic microphone, which you don't find very many dynamic microphones for $100. And it, you know, it captures directly from the front of it, just like the Shure SM7B. It has a built-in pop filter already inside of the mic. And um, it's it just, the stats from a quick glance, you know, seem to match up or maybe be a little less, a little better um, here and there. I mean, $100, you're not, you're not going to get a, a $500 mic in a $100 body. You're not. But, I mean, from a starting standpoint, I would highly suggest looking at their mic at $100. It's an XLR mic. You don't get very many decent quality. And we all know Avermedia has always been known for quality. So, you know, with that said, I did notice also on it that they're going to, in that XLR port, you have the choice to plug in an XLR mic, or you can use a 6.3 millimeter microphone, um, which would just be like a three and a half millimeter. And in the box, they are going to include a 6.3 to three and a half millimeter converter. So if you already have a three and a half millimeter mic, um, most of them are like Logitech, they're usually used for office spaces and stuff like that. But if you're using that right now, um, you can plug that mic directly into it. That one port is going to have two different plugins available. One is going to be either XLR or you use a 6.3 millimeter. And then it has three, three and a half millimeter ports, an optical port. Um, and three virtual audio tracks through uh, USB 2.0. And then it, oh, the other thing it comes with is a power switch. Believe it or not, the GoXLR does not. Um, if you buy the GoXLR stand, you get a, a switch of, that you can plug in. It's an extension basically to the power cable. It gives you the ability to turn off your GoXLR. If you don't, do you know don't have that stand or don't have that extra little three inch uh cord and in order to turn it off you have to put it to sleep in the software or else it will just stay on oh geez so. one more feature that the avermedia has that you know everybody wants is it's rgb you can make it as colorful as you want because you know rgb wins games it does <laughs> it's like uh, back when I used to race cars. The more stickers I had, the more horsepower I had. RGB adds processing and video power <laughs> to everything. Exactly. Oh, you think I have so many R RGB lights in my room. My room yeah. is the fastest room in America. That's why. You. That's why you get <laughs> RGB RAM because it's like downloading more RAM. It just with the RGB, it does it for you. Exactly. But but in all seriousness, though, if you are in the market for a Go XLR type device, I give this one a serious look. Because you can buy those nice mm -hmm. Shure microphones or those 
Rhoda Road, however you pronounce it, those that do those go those XLR mics, you know, there are, mm-hmm. you know, there's a ton of options out there. But this device right here, I think, if it gets the development they're looking for, like just just for fall, they're adding SDKs and audio samplers and the Twitch Studio, and then in the winter mm-hmm. they're adding cloud sync and backup, uh, multi size right. widgets, profile import, export, and share. So they're they're actively developing this. So it's only a matter of time before you get Touch Portal esque keys on this, to where you can control scenes mm-hmm. in OBS and. Um, inputs and outputs in OBS just by the touch of a button directly from your device that is also controlling your audio levels natively. Right. I mean, and I was that say is that key for a lot of people. Absolutely. I was going to say, I know, you know, a few content creators that have multiple stream decks and it's because they need to be able to do multiple things or they have one big stream deck XL. But when you're talking about scene changes or, you know, commonly used buttons, you can add those to this even if you already have a stream deck. So, if, you know, like for me being, you know, a stream raiders streamer or captain, um, I, you know, I could switch to my stream raider scene with this versus having to go to my stream deck and find the button for it. Yeah. Or, you know, switching from my starting soon to my full cam, then to my gaming, like I you know, my normal process that I do starting every stream, like you could have all that built into that and use your stream deck for, or if you don't have a stream deck, you now get one with this. So, yeah, I mean, don't, you can't think of it exactly as an, a stream deck in terms of what the stream deck can do. Look out of it more as like a touch portal type device, right? That can do basically, I use touch portal. I don't have a stream deck, but I use touch portal to, control my obs via an app on my ipad same thing it just doesn't have all the native functionality like the touch the stream deck does you know but this can do a lot of that because as long as they do the obs integration i can see that being the biggest stickler for a lot of people on the touch screen well i have a touch screen if you can't do anything with it right because 90 percent, you know and i'm talking about obs studio itself the people that use OBS Studio, I mean, just being able to control scene changes and, you know, being able to turn your camera off with the touch of a button, not having to do, you know, while having it control all your audio levels. I mean, that's that's basically taking a $450 audio device and a $150 stream deck and mashing them together and dropping it by $300, right? Right. I mean... This thing looks great. It's not available yet. Hopefully it becomes available soon, but um this is definitely something I know that radar. when I looked I looked earlier the Okay, so as of as of earlier it wasn't, but it is you can purchase it now um on the Aver Media site. It is available. I'm not, it's not through other retailers. There's, they all say currently unavailable, but um, it it is definitely live on the Aver Media site. It's three hundred and forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So, I think I um, think as long as it does what it says it can do, that's mm-hmm. that's a steal. It does all your audio mixing and everything. Five-inch IPS touchscreen and four dedicated function buttons. 
So there's there's a there's a five inch touchscreen plus four buttons on the device itself that can also do other things. That's crazy. OBS, Streamlabs, OBS, Recentral, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, and many more to come are directly integrated. So I think out of the gate, OBS, Streamlabs, OBS, their Recentral software, YouTube, Twitch, and Spotify are already integrated. Wow. So that's a good list to have on an initial release. In my opinion, I mean that's that's a great list to have. You've got the two that's a fantastic the two major list. you've got the two major players in streaming software and OBS and Streamlabs OBS, and you've got the the two big players in ways to take in content, Twitch and YouTube. And then Spotify is obviously the leader in music streaming. So having all of those built in out the gate is ridiculous. Absolutely. Um I think that, you know, I think this may change. I just hope that, hope it's not, you know, I know it's tough for these, these companies out there. I just don't want to see it fly off the shelf and then take forever to get back in stock. Cause like right now my go XLR works for me, but it's definitely something that's on my radar. Um, and $350 for me right now just isn't, isn't an option. Um, but for those out there that it is an option or you were saving up for that go XLR, I highly suggest you grab this now. Um, it's, the software yeah. and everything looks amazing. Um, it, I, I think it's honestly there to give the flexibility of using whatever mic you want to use, um, or that you already own, like me owning the sure, like I could use this immediately. Whereas I know a lot of the software looks very similar to the Elgato wave three mic. Um, because I've seen that a couple people I know use that. And, but this will give you the ability where it's not the mic, like the mic itself through Elgato comes with the software. This gives you the ability if you want to go grab a Rode podcaster or grab yourself a Shure or, you know, a, you know, AT2035 or you name it, any other XLR mic, or you already own one, it's plug and play from, from that point. And it gives you like, like we already said, but wanted to say it again, cause I think it's the biggest point with this. It gives you six audio uh, knobs to adjust so that, and the ability to hear, like there's a creator mix in the app. I'm looking at the app right now, just the screenshot of it. There's a creator mix with all different volume sliders, and then there's an audience mix. So you can literally have your mic turned all the way up, your console turned down, and your game sound you know, at half or music at half or whatever for your audience but on your side you can turn it all up for yourself so or i think it's going to be game changing yeah or you can do that god forbidden thing and listen to copyrighted music while your stream hears non-copyright music right which is an amazing feature yeah um but that said though um hey I know that we had a couple other topics to cover, but I know that we're we're at almost at time. Uh, I think yep. I did want to point out next. though, being yeah, um, there's a couple things we'll save for next time. But I did want to point out for those that are on Twitch, I know Drew is on YouTube right now. Um, 
he does stream on Twitch when we do our Gallant Gamers events. It's a charity stream team that we're both a part of because we are exclusive right now um, for our events, at least. Uh, we don't make any content creator be exclusive to a platform, but for our events, we do choose Twitch. Um, but, but Twitch recently, for those that may not have heard this, have, has rolled out some local sub pricing. I think they started with Mexico and Turkey first, um, but they are adjusting the sub pricing for countries, and they do have a goal to get to be worldwide with adjusted pricing. Um, I think the goal is by the end of this year. Um, so that's super big news for us that are content creators on Twitch that have members from other nations watching us to help, you know promote subscribing subscribing to our channel which helps us all out helps us bring the content that we bring um and the quality that we bring and making it more affordable for everybody so that you're not if you're you know if it's less expensive in that you know in mexico or turkey based on their based on the exchange rate then it should be based on their pricing they shouldn't have to pay uh, the U.S. dollar price. So well, that, that was super ain't... exciting news. Just mm -hmm. considering the countries that they're rolling this out in, you know, in terms of if you look at the value of the U.S. dollar compared to these other countries that they rolled it out in, it the the number is not. We're not talking dollars difference to them. It's a five dollar U.S. sub could be a hundred dollars or whatever of their local currency. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so this is huge because it'll scale. So, you know, right. you know, I I don't know the exchange rates of any of that, but if you think whatever 100 pesos is to them, that's a lot of money, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. But to convert that to U.S., a dollar, two dollars, I don't know the exchange rate. So, obviously, I'm just throwing out facetious oh, numbers. Up. But you can think it about it that way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I looked up in... In Mexico, the exchange rate, one U.S. dollar is 19, 19 pesos. 19 pesos. Um, so, yeah. I know we say dollars and cents over here. So $100 in USD is almost 2,400 pesos in Mexico. And then in the Turkish lira, it's $1 equals uh, almost 8.4 lira. So they were paying 40 $42 or 42 lira to sub and 100 pesos. To, so you weren't far off. You weren't, you know, you were spitballing, but yeah, they were paying 100 pesos if you're, if they were in, if you're in Mexico and sub to a, yeah. a Twitch channel. That's just, so, that's just big. That's, you know, that's, that's yeah. good on Twitch. No, it's definitely definitely something that's important, and I hope that they can get it worldwide into as many countries as possible, as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, that just has the ability for it is important. creators to you know, earn right. more, because countries that, that, you know, 24, you know, 50, you know, 50 lira or whatever, that may be the equivalent to them of 50 U.S. dollars. That's mm -hmm. a lot harder for somebody to say, well, I'm going to drop 50 bucks on this guy monthly when mm -hmm. it's only five bucks to them in the States. 
not because yep. it's fifty dollars or five bucks there because of that, but because that's that's a lot of money. Yep, it especially is. nowadays so, with what's going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. The just world economy and you know how many people are out of work or having to work part time or you know every every little bit counts. I know on my side it does for me, so I know there are others out there that it matters for them too. So um, with that said, I first want to extend a big thank you um, to Drew. He's he's done a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, I want to give another big shout out to a good friend of ours, uh, Luden. Um, he and Op Optical Graphics, he designed our newest logo. You can find it on all our social media. He did it out of the kindness of his heart. Um, and I wanted to give a big shout out to him. His information will be on everywhere we can put it. We will, we have already, or will continue to put it with our podcasts. Um, he did a great job designing it and he did it without any of either Drew or I mentioning like, Hey, you know, we know you do graphics, but could you, he just did it out of the kindness of his heart and gave it to us. So we, we sincerely appreciate it and, yes. um, did want to mm -hmm. go ahead. Uh, no, thank you very much on that. It really does look good. And then with that said, I know tonight's or today's episode, um, it'll be going up, obviously, I think this week. So when you're listening to this, we will have made it past the May 18th slash 19th date. I know that we had mentioned during the last stream that we were going to do a live stream on this day, but we have postponed that. We kind of wanted to get some more content out to you all to enjoy. And we want to remind everybody to please follow us on Twitter, DLC Vibes, and make sure that you go on to the, every time we post that the new episode's up, please enter any questions or things you want us, topics you want us to cover. And we will be more than happy to cover them. Upcoming topics on our next show, uh, we'll do a little bit more deep dive into cloud gaming. Um, we're also looking at possibly doing some platform, excuse me, platform analytics comparison being that I am uh, pretty much full-time on Twitch and Drew is pretty much full-time on YouTube, kind of just discussing that and some topics along with both uh, pros and cons of both sites. And then we'll be having a fun episode um, coming up soon. We would love as much involvement as possible if, you know, you feel comfortable doing it. We we're going to do a, a roast our setups and um, roast your setups. So it's it's a fun little topic. I've seen it done before. It's it's a blast. Um, know that it will all be in kind-hearted, joking manner. Uh, we'll be beating ourselves up just as much. I can tell you I have more wires, I think, in this room that I record content than my entire home. And they're not organized, I will tell you. So, I'm a rat's dream. I will say that behind my PCs. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can live stream that one or YouTube record it. Sure. Yeah, I think that would be uh, good, especially because obviously we can show off our setup. That, and we're gonna want to show the setups that are entered. So that might be Absolutely. just a YouTube yeah. recording, but mm -hmm. we'll share all that out. Sure. So look forward to those. I think um, we're looking for. 
the first live like podcast where we will be chat integrated between YouTube and Twitch with both of us up on one screen. It's probably, I think we're looking for the end of June. So look for two or three, maybe four more episodes to come out before um, we have that live. And we look forward to putting, for those that have not seen us or maybe lurk our channels, you'll get to, we look forward to the interaction with all of you. And thank you again for the, like, and the biggest shout out to our, our communities. Um, thank you for the great start. It has been more than what we expected from a starting standpoint in terms of downloads and listens um, on Spotify and on Buzzsprout. So we appreciate each and every one of you, and we look forward to uh, hearing from you. Once again, any feedback is more than welcome. And I'm going to, this will be the end for me, but Drew, go ahead and uh, wrap us up for the night. Yeah, everybody appreciate it wholeheartedly with the start of this like he just said it's it's been fantastic it's been better than i could ever imagine um so once again thank you very much for everything and that will wrap us up for tonight we will catch you all on the next one have a good one thanks for listening